Anyway, 14 past seven. Did you know that today is World Pangolin Day? And uh, the pangolin remains the most trafficked animal. And some of you are probably going, what is the pangolin? Well, we're going to find out in a moment. Apparently, a million pangolins have been trafficked and snatched from the wild in the past decade. That is one pangolin every five minutes over the last decade. We even have one here, the indigenous pangolin species in South Africa. It's called Temminx ground pangolin, and it's globally classified as vulnerable to extinction. So that's it. One day, gone, no more. We'll just look at pictures and videos and movies of it. So we're going to talk to Dr. Mark Afua. He's a pangolin conservationist. He's a Wild Africa Fund ambassador, a veterinarian in Lagos, Nigeria. Dr. Afua, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Good morning. I'm assuming we are chatting to you in Lagos right now. Ah, yes. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, it's a beautiful line, yeah. so we're delighted about that. I do have to ask you, for those of our listeners who go pangolin, some people think, is that like an anteater? What is that? Describe the pangolin in simple layman's terms. Well, I mean, it's the cutest looking little creature, isn't it? Yes, um, thank you very much for inviting me to this dance with the pangolins. <laughs> <laughs> ten yeah, out of so. ten. Ten out of ten, <laughs> Dr. Fuhr. <laughs> it's an excited one, yeah. So the pangolin is a small mammal uh, covered in scales and um, very unique. It's the only mammal actually with scales. And oh. um, the scales are... Yes, it's the only mammal with scales, and it's also the only mammal with a gizzard. Okay, gizzard what is it? Gizzard usually is associated. Gizzard usually is associated with birds, and yeah. it helps them digest um, food. Yes, so the pangolin is the only mammal with a gizzard. Okay, yeah. so in fact, when mm. you talk about chickens' gizzards, that um, some people mm. that that that's that little bit that goes through the throat, and it's it's to chunk up their food or something. Yes, it helps them with the digestion, breaking down the food. So the pangolins, they don't have teeth. So yeah. when they eat ants and termites, yes, the gizzard helps them break it down. Because they have incredibly long tongues, don't they? They do. And um, the tongue is almost as long as the body and it's sticky. So when they feed, they have these um, very, very strong claws with which they tear open ants' nests and um, backs of trees. And then they poke their tongue right into the nest. Yeah. where the ants um, attack or something st stick to the tongue and then they retract it inside and that's how they feed. And then the last thing about the pangolin, if I remember correctly, is they, um, when they're afraid, they roll up into a very tight little ball, don't they? Absolutely, yes. So they are covered from head to tail with scales except the underbelly parts, which is exposed. Oh, so um, when they're frightened or something, they curl into a ball a very tight ball and um, they cover the exposed parts and then ex um, the, the scales is what's outside. Yeah. Now the scales are so hard and so tough and uh, most predators have really uh, find it really difficult to penetrate. So after worrying them for a bit, they just leave them. The only predator that finds it very easy to deal with a cold pangolin is man because he just picks up the whole thing, puts in a bag or something and that's why it, we find it very easy to to get them off their natural habitats. So why is the so, pangolin the most trafficked animal? What is it about? Is it about the scales? Um, do they, 
Is there, do the scales provide medicinal uh, support? I mean, what is it that, that this is happening and what is the reason? So the pangolin is in trouble because of lies. Um, lies were told about it. So cultures across the world, from Asia and even here in Africa, believe that first the flesh, the meat, has medicinal values. There's some belief for that. Um, and then, um, of course, in Africa, we have the problem with bush meat consumption. Everything that breathes and moves is considered fair game for the bush meat trade. Then there is also this overwhelming belief that yeah. the skills has medicinal value. Now, the skills is made of exactly the same materials as our nails and our hair, which yeah. is keratin. So to believe that the skill has medicinal values, to say my fingernail has medicinal value. Now they think the um, skill cures everything from hypertension, high blood pressure, all kinds of diseases, words of evil spirits, and then even has aphrodisiac um, um, abilities. Now, this thing, these claims have been tested in laboratories and um, by scientists, and they have found they've been found out not to be true. But this is what mainly is driving these animals to extinction. So, Doctor Fua, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm profiling here, but is this something that <laughs> is a taste for for um, Asian people? as opposed to the whole world or is it everybody in the whole world that is saying okay we can we can get medicinal value out of these scales okay so now uh, if you're talking about generally for example the use of their flesh as bush meat it's more like um, local an african thing a local thing you know we have these strong taste for bush meat and all that but our consumption of it hitherto has been uh, once in a while you know but the problem really came with the demand for their skill, and that is driven by um, the market in Asia. Yeah. Uh, most of the pangolins, because pangolins are found in Africa and Asia, only around the world. Now, the four species that are found in Asia, Asia, they've been driven to the brink of extinction. All of them are critically endangered. So now focus has turned to what we have in Africa, and it's the demand for the scale. Now, most of the seizures that have been made around the world, which um, humongous seizures in uh, Vietnam, in other parts of Asia, are all traced to Africa. And that's a very, very damning uh, thing for us. Yeah. Dr. Afua, we need to go to a break. But when we come back from the break, I have a couple more questions that I'd like to ask you. So um, let's go to the break and we'll come back to Dr. Mark Afua in Lagos, Nigeria. He's a pangolin conservationist. He is also the chairman of the Pangolin Nigeria Trust and leading efforts to protect the most trafficked animal in the world. Michelle Constant on SAFM. The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. 722, you are with Michelle Constant. And as I said, today is World Pangolin Day. We're chatting to a pangolin conservationist and Wild Africa Fund ambassador, Dr. Mark Ofua. You know, I mean, I was just thinking off air, Dr. Ofua, they could just, um, everybody could just look at those of us who chew our nails. And if we were more healthy than everybody else, <laughs> then we would know that, okay, no, we're fine. We, it, it makes sense. But it doesn't make sense because I chew my nails and I break 
them, and I'm the most unhealthy and, person in the world. So, <laughs> and you still have to go to the hospital afterwards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I have a, I, it's a personal question. I mean, you know, you look at um, veterinarians and you look at people who work in the wildlife space, and I'm always interested in the animals that they choose or the insects that they choose. I mean, we have inter- interviewed, you know. Um, ornithologists who've like interviewed who, who love certain little insects and weird things and I'm like how did you get into liking that particular animal I could sort of imagine the pangolin because they are incredibly cute looking particularly the young ones um what was your your passion for them okay so um you get to choose the animal you work with yeah but the pangolin the pangolin chooses you so um, <laughs> I try to believe that I work with all animals. I sell myself. I can't turn my back on an animal, all yeah. creatures, great and small. Yeah. But when I happened upon the pangolin, there was this look, this forlorn look in its eyes. It speaks to your soul. It cries mm. out to your soul. My first, the first time I saw a pangolin was on the bush meat table. It was alive. And it was like, don't leave me here. Save me. And I walked away, but I turned back and I had to rescue that guy off the table. And that was what started my journey with pangolins. Yeah. So when you say pangolin, you can't say no. Trust me, ask anybody that works with pangolin. The meeting is always incidental, but working with them, you really don't have a choice. The pangolin calls you. And I think also the fact that they have some kind of ancient sort of ancientness, given that they are the only mammal with scales as well, seems to make a lot of sense uh, with regards to the kind of animal it is. Dr. Fua, we do understand that it is a trafficked animal and uh, for the work that you do, the the Pangolin um, Nigerian Trust, but also um, you chair the St. Mark's Animal Rescue Foundation and you are um, a Wild Africa Fund ambassador. What kind of work are you doing to make a difference to these little creatures? So uh, I try to do everything there's so much to be done we barely have scratched the surface but there's we we only can keep pushing now one of the things that's driving the the pangolin trade surprisingly enough is lack of knowledge people do not know now in nigeria when i started the knowledge of pangolins was very very minimal you find people that are even supposed to be protecting these animal in government species do not know what a pangolin look like. Now, you do not know what this animal look like. You do not know what the skills look like. How can you protect this animal? Yeah, I mean, exactly. a, a poacher, a trafficker can walk right through your front with the animal and you wouldn't know what it is. So the first thing we started, we started rescuing these animals off the bushmeat table, off the bushmeat trade. But we also started educating, which is where the Wild Africa Fund comes in. Um, they are a communication-based um, NGO. So we started um, sounding the alarm, we started crying out, we started talking to people, letting them know what the pangolin is and why we must save them because that is another aspect. You can have something and not know its value. So we begin to teach the value and all that. So that is the work basically we're doing. So the Pangolin Nigeria Trust, first of all, based is uh, focused on rescuing the animal, um, creating awareness about the animal, understanding the animal, and then seeing how best we can save it. And then uh, in conjunction with Wild Africa Fund, we are sounding the alarm why this animal must be saved. And I can tell you, in a very short while, we have gained very good traction and the awareness has 
greatly increased. People now call me and say, oh, I saw a pangolin somewhere. I saw a pangolin somewhere. Can you go rescue it? So with this, I am very, very elated and excited because we are making changes and the future looks good for pangolins. I have to just, um, in closing, ask you, you, you talk about why we must save the pangolin. And I, I suppose there's a question there. I mean, it's like people might say, well, why should we save the rhino as, um, as also as an animal which is becoming extinct, given that there are so many other needs that people who live in communities next to the wild meat might say, well, we need, we need the bush meat to eat. We need the bush meat to make money. We need the scales to survive and feed our children. Why should we save the pangolin? Very great question. Now, uh, we, you, you made a statement, we need the bush meat to eat. How much? So you now weigh your you now weigh your um, va- the values you get from each. How much really protein can one pangolin give? And then you eat it and it's gone. Meanwhile, the work the pangolin does for us, keeping um, nature healthy, keeping the uh, vegetation alive, yeah. because yes, they dig they dig with their claws and then they aerate the soil and then they mix topsoil and all that, making it wonderful and easy for agriculture. And that's on one hand. The, on the other hand, the one pangolin would feed on millions of ants and termites, about 70 million or so in a year. And then you say, oh, really? What has ants and termites got to do with me and my livelihood? Now look on the flip side. The ants and termites destroy our crops in the field and then destroy our timber, destroy our homestead and all that. And then you're quick to tell yourself that, oh, but I have insecticides to deal with that. Now the danger there is you use insecticides you get rid of the ants and termites, you get rid of butterflies, you get rid of bees, you get rid of helpful insects that helps the farmer pollinate. Now, when all these insects are gone, including the helpful one, the farmer's crop yield will be far reduced and then prices of food will go up and then things get harder. You see, it's a vicious cycle. So if we leave nature to do her thing, yes, if we leave nature to do her thing, you find that, yes, we thrive better when nature thrives. So it's uh, it's an education we must pass across, we must pass this lesson across. And one of the ways we're doing that is teaching people. I have a kids TV show that is currently huh. going on. Yes, it will be airing on um, Showmax, uh, March 15. We use this media to teach children. I love working with children. Yeah. Adults really are difficult to convince, they're set in their ways. But with a child, you see the purity of their heart and their willingness to learn. And these children are the ones that will take over in the near future. So this show is aimed at children to teach them why they must live in harmony with their ecosystem. So I absolutely agree. And in fact, I was going to say to you, and you answered it anyway, surely the way through the young people and through the kids. And if they can get it right, then they can maybe persuade their parents as well. 15th of March on Showmax. We're going to make a note of that. And um, we're going to like shout it out to all our listeners when that happens. Dr. Marco, thank you so much for making the time and for inspiring us uh, to really think about those little animals and what they do for us in the world. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Dr. Mark Afua, Pangolin Conservationist, Wild Africa Fund Ambassador. And if you have Showmax, then March the 15th is your day. Funnily enough, talking of Showmax, Bonga Zulu has just um, 